can you hear me now? Awesome. Awesome, awesome. I am honored to be sharing with you this morning. Um, I know y'all hear this, the rain, the sound of rain. That's a prophetic, I believe that's something prophetic that God is doing. Literally, he's allowing the floodgates of heaven to open, to open up over the vineyard, and he's pouring on us, so receive what you need today. Amen? So, Pastor Tim has been, we've been on a journey. Now, first and foremost, like, I want to, I want to dedicate like this this message today, you know, as Pastor Kathy was just sharing, Prophet Lou, you know, was our friend, our sister, and I want to dedicate this message to her because her life was like literally like signifies everything that I'm gonna be talking about today. I'm gonna be talking about the power of God's love, and so as as I begin to to get into that, you know, her life signified that she did so much, and she was so much to so many people. You know, so Pastor Tim has been taking us on a journey through the um, the first John, and uh, and one of the things he talked about the last time was the the different types of kingdom, the kingdom of light, which symbolizes insight, revelation, knowledge, wisdom, you know, and the kingdom of darkness, which we're constantly fighting every single day, and the kingdom of darkness. It's found upon ignorance. It simply means you don't know. And so God is going to use me today to teach prophetic insight to you to begin to illuminate your eyes. But before we get started, I want to go to a parable because I want to I come against anything that would try to hinder the seed from being sown today. So we're going to start in Matthew 13. Matthew 13, it's the, it's, it's the parable that Jesus was talking about with the seed of the sower. And so we're going to read, later the same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat, and then he sat there and taught as the people stood on shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell upon the footpath. And the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell upon shadow soil with underlining rock. The seeds sprouted quickly, but the soil was shallow. But the plants soon withered under the, under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still, other seeds fell upon fertile soil that produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. And then the next verse says, He that hath ears, he that hath ears, hear what the Lord is saying. So oftentimes Jesus would teach in, in a way of parables, and, and the parable so much wasn't as important as much as the spiritual truth behind it. And so he taught in parables because he told his disciples, they, they say, you know, Jesus, why do you teach in parables? And he says that, is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to them without is not given. And so there was requirements to, to be able to understand truth. And it has nothing to do with our mental capacity. That's the first thing God wanna deal with right now. 
I can't, you know, the, I can't understand it. It has nothing to do with that. Spiritual, the, the word has to be spiritually discerned and is discerned through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us the access code to begin to understand revelation. He, he the one that removes the veil that gives us knowledge, insight to what God is doing in the realm of the spirit. Amen. So verse 18, she begins to, he begins to explain what that parable means. He said, now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. He said, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those that hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among thorns represent those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out of the worries of life or is choked out by the worries of life and the lure of, and the lure of wealth so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represent those who truly hear and understand God's word and produces a harvest 30, some 60, some 100 times as much as been planted. So this is it. And, and I, I thank God for this parable because I still can remember to this day when I first started getting in the word, I was able to locate myself. So the word of God is lived to your mirror. So when we read it, we can't read it like a book. We have to read it. And, and, and locate ourselves because it's in locating ourselves that we it's in locating ourselves that we can um, identify ourselves, be honest with ourselves, and then we can make adjustments, which um, is called repent. I'm turning from the way I'm doing it, and I'm going to do it the way God designed me to do it, so I can begin to produce what God desires in His Word. Amen. Yeah, yeah. And so, where you are doesn't matter. But what God desires for you to be is to, is to be where you, can, where you can receive his word on good ground. It talks about what with the different types of ground. The, 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 the seed that's being planted is the word, but the ground is, is the heart. Yeah. This is why when we're in worship, we're saying, open your hearts, be open. Because it's, we know that it's when a word is going forth, regardless of it's a prophetic word or just the word of the Lord, when it's going forth, and if your heart is open, you can receive. Like it, it'll go in. It'll go in your heart, which 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 um which affects your being. Your being affects. Wow, none of this is in my message. Your being affects your belief system. Your belief system. This is when this is when you actually become the word. So faith coming by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So as so so you don't you don't you don't just get faith. By hearing the word one time. It's a continuation. Watch this. The word is a seed. Right? The word is a seed. But, you're, but we are also seeds. We're seeds that have to be planted. It says those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. So we have to plant ourselves. And then the water of the word begins to wash us. The water of the word begins to um, nurture us. The water of the word begins to grow us up. And the same way. The word, the same way the word comes in our hearts and it begins to do the same thing on the inside out. And so we grew up from the inside out. This is why when he taught in parables, he said, the kingdom is like this. It's like a, a seed, a, a little bitty small mustard seed. A little, but, but when it grows up, 
It grows, it, it grows up and it, and it grows with, with large branches. And then the birds of the air begin to nest in it. What is he saying? Then it doesn't look the same way naturally as it does spiritually. Because naturally you look the same. But spiritually you're growing into something that you've never seen. But it has to be revealed. And so there are many of us that's giants in the realm of the spirit. But we see ourselves as grasshoppers. And so what has to happen? We have to allow ourselves to be planted under the word of God like we're doing today and just allow God to begin to wash us, allow the God to begin to rain on us just like he's doing right now and allow this, the revelation, the truth of his word to begin to just fall upon us. And then, and then as, we, as uh, we don't allow offense to um, block the word from, from springing forth in our hearts because offense can block. This is why we can't produce fruit because offense unforgiveness, different things like that. that. But when we choose to let things go and just believe God, listen, faith is simply this. It's, it's, it's the, uh, Hebrews 11.3 says, sub, uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay? So that means that if I see it, it's not faith. If I have to see it, it's not faith. So when we were, when we were declaring things, when we were prophesying things in the air, in, in the atmosphere, and you're like, I don't feel that. I don't see that. You're waiting to see it to believe it. But faith is actually receiving it before you receive it. <laughs> faith is actually believing it. Watch, Jesus said, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So there are two, there are two ways to receive. You receive it first spiritually, then you, then you will see it naturally. Everything that's in this natural world it's, it's the underlying factor is the spirit. COVID, COVID is a spiritual thing. And we curse the curse of COVID. We curse the demon spirit of COVID. We take authority over it now. And so if many of us will rise up in our identities and begin to declare thus what says the Lord. He says, I put my word in your mouth that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundation of the earth. The problem is, as, the, as, as us as a church and not just the venue, um, just worldwide, we have identity crisis. We don't know who we are. So we're, not, so we're not prepared to fight the darkness. And we're still dealing with the inner man or the inner me instead of dealing with the inner me. The enemy is not the problem. He don't have no power. The more light we have, the more knowledge we have of who we are. And trust me, look, I don't come from a church background. I didn't know any of this. I just made 10, 10 years. I just been saved 10 years. Around 26, 27 years, I was in darkness. Didn't know who I was, like affirmation, like identity, and all that. I didn't know. It's a process to get me to this. But it did not happen without me submitting to the process and submitting to God and allow God to do what it is that he desired to do. I know that's a long introduction. None of that was in my notes. <laughs> so Ephesians 4.18 talks about being darkened in the understanding excluded from the life of God because the ignorance that is in them, because the hardness of the heart. Don't harden your heart. I can't, I'm coming to you in, in just in the spirit of love because I, it's my heart's desire for you to receive everything that God has for you. And if that's anything that I can present to you, 
any truth that I can share with you that will that will that will open your eyes to see, okay, why is it why is it they they're receiving, they're growing, and I'm not. God shows no partiality. It's not that God loves them more. It's not that. What am I doing wrong? We have to begin to take a look at ourselves. So sometimes our understanding can be darkened, but we know that's because of the kingdom of darkness, right? So we're fighting it against it with the kingdom of light. Okay? We're talking about the power of his love. And I'm, I'm, I stand to you, I stand here today as a witness of the power of the love of God. Everything I do is because I know that he loves me. You know, there's a scripture that says, 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. There's no, there's no fear in his love. Or, or God's perfect love has casted out all fear, right? And so, and so what, that, what, that, what that's saying, that's not saying that our love for him casts out all fear. Our love is being perfected every day. What it's really saying is as we embrace his love for us, it eliminates all fear. So if you're dealing with fear, it's not, a, it's not an indication that it's not an indication that, that something is wrong with you. It's just an indication that you haven't embraced his love in, in, in fullness just yet. You have to know and believe that he loves you completely, regardless of where you are, regardless of what you've done. I've done a lot of stuff. I don't deserve to be here. But God, in his infant love, he chose me. While I was yet a sinner, he died. And you have to begin to take that thing personal. He died. There's nothing that you can do to separate yourself from the love of God. There's nothing you can do. You don't have to hide. All you have to do is embrace it. And his love is so transformative. It's so transformative. We all know this scripture, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So the first thing we have to understand, because not only we have to embrace God's love, it's twofold. We have to embrace God's love, but we also have to be able to give it to others. So we embrace God's love for us, that gives us love for us, and then out of that same love, we begin to love our neighbor. This fulfilled the law. So there's no need to focus on the Ten Commandments. It's very simple. If you're loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and you love your neighbor as yourself, you won't do any of that. So it counts for each other out. Amen? God's love is an invitation to become personally acquainted with him in heart, in thought, and in ways. 1 John 17.3, we know that he died for eternal life, but what is that, this eternal life that he died for? I can tell you this, it's not for religion. It's not for that. This is what he died, and this is eternal life. It means to know, to perceive, to recognize, to become acquainted with, and understand you 
the only true and real God, and likewise to know him, Jesus, as the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, whom you have sent. So watch this. So how can you spend eternity with somebody you don't know? How do you get to know him? You talk to him. You get to know him. How do you get to know him? One of the ways you get to know him is in the word. The other way you get to know him is in prayer. He begins to reveal himself to you, and he will literally come and sit on you and allow you to feel him, to feel his joy, to feel his peace. He's given us these things. He says, I've given you all things pertaining to life and godliness in the knowledge of him. So how do we acquire it? Knowledge. How do we get knowledge? We have to open up the book. We have to get our Facebook and put our face in the book. Now, if we're spending too much time on Facebook, it's a distraction. I don't have nothing against it. I'm just saying. We, we want to grow, so we have to invest in a part of us that matters. Yeah. We've been on the whole series about what matters. Your spiritual development matters. Why? Because God died for your peace. If you're not experiencing peace, it's not because he's done something wrong. It's just because you haven't come to the place where you believe it. He's already paid for it. My God, everything that God has already, everything that God has, has already given you, he's paid for it. He's not coming back to do anything else. It's already done. He's just waiting for us to receive it and believe it. So how do we love like God? Because he's calling us to be imitators of God as well-beloved children. How can we do this if we don't know what it is? Okay, well, John 4.24 says that God is a spirit. Okay? Those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. In 1 John 4, 7 through, through 10, I won't read the whole thing. If you got it. Okay. We could we go through it. Beloved, let us love one another for love is springs from God. And he who loves his fellow, his fellow man is begotten, born of God. And it's coming progressively to know and understand God, to perceive, to recognize, and to get better and clearer knowledge of him. So if we, if we want to understand how to love better and how to love like God, we have to understand what love is. He is love, and he's what? A spirit. So that makes love what? A spirit. Love is the fruit of the spirit. It's actually one of the fruit of the spirit in Galatians chapter 5. And... And the other thing love is, God is love, and, and it's also a decision. He made a decision by what? Sacrificing his son. Get, so love what does? It does what? Give. And so we can't live a life where a selfish-driven life where we don't give, um, we don't give you know, for the sake of others. We, he actually laid down his life. So, and then Jesus told his disciples, there's no greater love than for, your, than for you to lay down your life for your friends. Amen? So since love is God and God is love, how do we, be, how do we, get, how do we get, draw closer to both? Ephesians 3.19. It, it, it tells us how right here. Ephesians 3.19, the Amplified Version that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourself the love of Christ, 
which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled throughout your whole being unto all the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. So we receive the love of Christ for ourselves, as I said earlier, which gives us the capacity to release it to others. But you cannot do it without experience. It's through that, it's through that, encounter, it's through that experience, when you experience the love of God for yourself, it's so transformative, it's so powerful that it does something, it deals with, their inner, it deals with that inner me, that deals with that inner dialogue, how you talk about yourself, what you say about yourself. Are you speaking God's promises concerning yourself? Or are you speaking all the negative things that the enemy says about you? It deals with that inner image, how you see yourself. Do you see yourself as a king, royalty, sitting on the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus? Or do you see yourself as a grasshopper, not worthy to be used by God, not worthy to do anything, never good enough? All the negative things that were spoken over, whether I, a lot of negative things were spoken about me as a child. And God had to deal with those words, but it took a while. Healing, deliverance is a process. But it's a process that we have to be open and willing to embrace. It's the children's bread. And if you're saved, it's for, it's for you. Amen? First John 2. Now I'm going to ask you guys to, um, I want to, from class participation, is that okay? So, so we're going we're gonna to start in First John chapter 2, but we're going to read, we're going to read this scripture backwards. And we're going to start at verse 11. But he that has his brother in darkness, he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and know not whether he goes because that darkness has blinded his eyes. He that loves his brother abides in the light and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. He that said that he is in the light and hate his brother is in darkness and even into now. Again, a new commandment I give unto you which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shines. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which he had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. He that said he's abide in him or himself also, so to walk even as he walks. But whosoever keeps his keep his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected, whereby know that we are in him. He that said, I know him and keep not his commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. And, we, and whereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commands. And he is the appropriation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the world. My, my little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. 
Isn't that good news? Yeah. He's saying, he's, what, what he's saying in this letter, watch this. <laughs> what he's saying in this letter, you have life insurance. He says, don't sin. But if you sin, just in case you sin, just in case you mess up, you have an advocate, Christ Jesus. Somebody stand in the gap for you. That means he died, God used him to die for you so that you didn't have to. And he know, you, he know we're not perfect. But he says, in his love for you, in his pursuit for you, to get you to where, you ever heard that song, he saw the best of me? So there's so much ugly in us that he, that, and that he saw the good in us, and he was willing, he was willing to die ahead of time until he could see the good. But the standard will and always be Jesus, meaning we, we can't make an excuse and say, well, Jesus is Jesus, you know, I'm me. No, the standard is we're to imitate him as well-beloved children, amen? And one of the ways we do this, love teaches us how to forgive without fault because we've been forgiven. Matthew 6, 14. For if you forgive men that trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Next verse says, "If but if you forgive not your neighbor or their trespasses, then neither will your father forgive you." It's a law. So it's a law. It's called the law of reciprocity. The law of reciprocity. In the same measure, what you measure back to others, it'll be measured back to you. So what that means, if you if you're a very judgmental person, whew, when you get before God, it's not gonna look good. He's going to have that same list that you have for others. God going to have you with that list like this. Why? Because it's measured back to you. But if you're loving and you're compassionate, guess what God is going to extend to you? Love and compassion. But, it's so, but, but the, awesome, the awesome news is that, like as I said earlier, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Psalms 103.12 says that as far as the east is from the west, God has removed our transgressions from us and has chosen not to, not to remember it. So if, if you're remembering it and people are reminding you, then I tell you, if people are reminding you, that, that's an indication that that's not the voice of God. But if you're reminding you, that's just an indication that you have not come to the place of belief. Because guess what? God ain't, God ain't thinking about that. When God, think about it. everyone that, that's here that received any word, prophetic word or word of encouragement. Has God ever came to you telling you what you did wrong? No, he's not even thinking about that. It's not on his mind. It's not. Listen, God in his sovereignty, in his love, in his great love, he's not intimidated by that. You know what moves God? Faith faith. Why? Because he that comes to God must believe that he is God and must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So what God wants is us to diligently seek him. He wants that relationship. Amen?
Mark 8:34, Amplified Version. Is this blessing you guys? Praise God. And Jesus called to him the throne with his disciples and said to them, For if anyone intends to come after me, let him deny himself, forget, ignore, disown, lose sight of himself, his own interests, and take up his cross. And joining me as my disciple and siding with my party. Follow with me continually, cleaving, steadfasting to me. So this is what God is after. He said, anyone that may desire to come after me. How many disciples we have in here? It's a difference between being a follower and being a disciple. We want to raise up disciples. We want to raise up people that can do what, God, what Jesus did. Being a follower, you can watch from afar. You hear the word, but you have no intent on applying it. But as a disciple now, that means that I'm, I'm um, setting my mind to study. I'm setting my mind to listen. That means now when I come to church, I'm going to have my notepad. I'm ready to take notes. I have my voice recorded because I want to hear the word. Why? Because throughout the week, I want to play it back in my mind because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. I cannot, I cannot assume that because I heard an awesome word on Sunday that I'm going to remember throughout the week and then the enemy going to come back, come back for that same seed. Know that every word that has been heard on today that that word will be tried. The enemy's going to come back for that seed because we just read it. He comes immediately. So as soon as you leave this atmosphere, as soon as you leave it, the enemy's going to come immediately to test you. And because you are partaker of this word, the enemy's going to, he's going to come to see where you're at. So I encourage you from this day forward, I urge you, don't come here without taking notes. Don't come in here without recording a word because if it's, if it's something that, was, that, would, that, would, that, was, um, that would impact your life or something that would, would cause you to be changed, you need to write it down. Amen? So love requires a response. First John 3, 18 it says, little children, let us not love in word and tongue, but in deed and in truth. So, um, how many, I'm sure many people, I love you, 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 I love you. I love you too. <laughs> but, I love you, but faith without works is dead. So, I have to not only say I love you, but I have to be able to demonstrate it. He says, do it in what? Deed and truth. Okay? James chapter 1, verse 22. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Y'all remember I said the word is like a mirror? For if any be a hearer of the word, next verse please. For he beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forget what manner he, of man he was. So the, the truth is this. I know many of us were raised in church, and I don't have that problem. This is why I was able to embrace the truth because it all was new to me. But, but for some of you that learn certain things that may not necessarily be right, now you have to unlearn certain things. And it's a little, it's a little more difficult. 
but what he's but I but I urge you to do this when you read the word you're reading it from you're reading it as you don't know anything you have to you have to pursue this thing as a child this is why he says anyone that desire to come after me come as a little child why because children don't know nothing they they count on you to teach them they count on you to train them they count on you to show them the way they count on you why because they're dependent they're codependent God wants us to be codependent on him but I know we live in a society that teaches us to be independent but that's not the kingdom's way amen so now at this point so now at this moment I just want to give anyone if this message has blessed you I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the love of God I want to give you an opportunity to respond yes God loves us and and yes we love him but responding meaning I'm not going to leave this I'm not going to leave this room the same something's got to give he said anyone that desire to come after me let him deny himself pick up his cross and follow me and, and in doing that we're, we're choosing to abide and let truth abide this is going to be the last scripture first John 2 24 Let that, therefore, let that therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning, that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, and you also continue in the Son and in, in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, even unto eternal life. Eternal life. So, so he's promised us eternal life, but what is eternal life? Y'all forgot? Okay. Eternal life means to progressively know, to get to know God, the Father, and also to get to know Jesus and to get to know the Holy Spirit. Eternal life has to do with, with progressively drawing to them and getting to know them. It's building a relationship. How can you build a relationship without spending time with somebody and talking to them? You can't. So when I say respond to his love, that's what I mean that from this day forward, we're going to respond in a way where we're going to begin to engage God more. We're going to begin to fellowship with the Holy Spirit more. We're going to begin to look for opportunities to serve because we love, because we love God, we want to serve others because Jesus Christ was a servant. And y'all said y'all was disciples. So now we're holding y'all accountable. <laughs> With every eye closed, y'all stand up. Father, we thank you. Matt, can you sing that song, Your Love is Strong? Father, we thank you for your perfect and infinite love. We thank you, Father, that every lie that the enemy has told us in times past is being counseled and dismantled right now. We thank you, Father, that your great light is coming, God. We thank you that the angels that are, are, that are in this place right now, ministering to the hearts of your people, Father. Anyone, anyone under the sound of my voice, if, you, if, you, if this word, you feel like this word was for you, meet me at this altar.
and just begin to give God a new yes. A new yes. I will not hold back, Lord. I will give you everything that I have because you already give me everything. If that's you, as a sign of faith, just begin to lay, lay down at the altar. Just give it to the Father at the altar. And Father, I thank you that the exchange of even now as, as Matt is singing, Father, that a liquid love will begin to fall into the hearts of people, God, restoring joy, hopelessness, Father. Let your love just melt away, Father, the lies. Every lie that the enemy's given us.